Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. This week's episode is brought to you by SurePlan Financial. SurePlan Financial advise business owners and employees on all aspects of their financial planning, from protecting your income to helping you with savings and investment goals such as saving for your children's education or achieving your dream retirement. Plus, and they haven't told me to say this, but it is run by women, which personally I find a lot less intimidating than men in suits. Just saying. For more information or to book a free initial consultation, visit shoreplan.ie. Shoreplan Financial Limited, trading as Shoreplan Financial, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. I always wanted to say that. Hello, I'm Bethan O'Riordan. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a mum of three and I run the CAM Parenting Club, an online community for parents. Each week, Steph and I answer one of your parenting questions and offer practical help from our 40 years. I mean, we are either so old or so experienced, but 40 years experience working, (laughs) working with children and families. Hi, I'm Steph McSherry. I'm a mum of two and I developed the creative programme Kinderama, which is a multi-activity programme for younger kids. I've been working with that age group for 20 years. So if you like what we do, please follow and subscribe and do all the nice things because that means the powers that be see that we're creating amazing free content for you and it means we can do more of that. Yeah, pretty much. Ditto. Um, So... A nice light, any news, nice light-hearted topic this week. I feel like we're kind of going into the trenches. (laughs) Yeah, well, before that, I feel really accomplished today. I have, we're recording of an afternoon, which we never normally do, and I have gone to CrossFit today and prepared a new cake to bake. I got, um, I know, I know, I feel really accomplished. And um, I bought, do you know Jamie Oliver's new book, The One Pan Dinner or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is amazing. You know, he had a 15 minute meals one that wasn't 15. It was 15 minutes to make, but like seven hours to prepare all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to have like seven blitzers to blitz everything. And I was like, oh, I can't deal with this. But yeah, it's like a cake that you would phyllo pastry that you put in the pan and then you pop it in the oven. Very and it good. bakes. Yeah, delighted. Nice. I'm feeling very accomplished. But yes, today's question is, why is my relationship with my mom so hard? And this, honestly, this is like the nuts and bolts of it. I am going to start with reading something from a book. Do. Like a proper person. So this is from Motherhood, Facing and Finding Yourself by Lisa Marciano. And it's it's from a page <laughs> this chapter is called losing ourselves <laughs> i'm just laughing something you know everyone yeah, oh, yeah. always oh, yeah. losing my mind yeah oh yeah <laughs> that, summar- that summarizes it really well so this here it's a little bit about attachment so think of your own attachment as a mother as a parent not the one with your child you um love is a state of openness to another person And it competes in our brains and body with closed states of self-defense. Parenting well requires the ability to stay open and engaged with our children most of the time, not closed off as we defend ourselves against feeling unsafe or insecure. Easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah, and my husband's just rocked up. So you talk, I'm going to mute myself and I need to close the door. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say that I, I just, I don't know what's going on this year. Maybe it's a point where 
all my friends are but lots of us seem to be entering this fairly icky stage with our own mothers and I'm wondering whether we're all feeling kind of icky with our own mothers because the children are kind of mirroring something about our own relationship with our mothers I don't know is that too deep yeah Does that make I mean, sense it's, it's so much isn't it I mean I honestly feel like Oh God, this is a massive question. Yeah, we could be because here for two days. We could be, but I have to get the kids from school. Oh so yeah, we sorry. So we can't be. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that tiny detail. So yeah, I mean, so often in the therapy room, parents or in the camp parenting club, parents say something like, you know, my child, I'm feeling really rejected by my child. When my child says, I hate you, you're mean, you're rubbish, all this stuff. It, it, I, you know, sometimes I say, well, who does that remind you of? And instantly they're like, my mom, my mom, my mom, my mom, oh, my mom. Okay. And it's, and, and so it's weird how this like three, four, five, 12 year old, whatever, suddenly yeah. becomes your mom, you yeah. know? And I think it happens, well, it happens for loads of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons I always want people to remember is because your body and brain have retained every experience you've ever had and your brain and body isn't great at picking out what's what and who's who we just have an emotional memory so when someone says i hate you and if your mom said i hate you well you're back in that spot and the process of becoming a mother means that your early attachment experiences get reignited in your brain and you start to remember being three, being four. So you're feeling mm -hmm. how you felt as a child when your child says something like that to you. And that's and that's unconsciously, you know, that's, yeah. that's you don't even realize what's going on when it first start, starts happening. And no. lots of my friends would say, look, my childhood was grand. You know, I, did, I got fed, I got housed. My parents were quite nice people. There was no trauma, there was no abuse. But now I'm finding it really tough. Yeah. And yeah. I just think sometimes I it doesn't necessarily mean that you had trauma or that you, you know, it can be it can be a fairly icky relationship with your mother. And then when you're trying to parent your own kids differently, it feels icky. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? You feel like it should feel, oh, this is so much nicer because I'm but it doesn't feel like that. Why is that? Um, I just really want to say why Steph what do you mean how does it feel for you <laughs> well you know what I mean like if, if you've had a fairly it's not even difficult but it's not you know it's not plain sailing let's go to the spa every weekend I can't wait like to see in, it. not like it isn't Gilmore Girls is that no, what you're trying to say yes exactly <laughs> it's not a Gilmore's girl relationship there's probably a reason I live in another country. <laughs> probably too much information, but you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's just not the easiest of relationships. So then you very deliberately, very consciously try and parent your own kids in a different way. And you feel like that should be a breath of fresh air, but then you find that difficult too. And I guess that's why we started this whole podcast, because you don't want your own mother to fall out of your mouth. Yeah. So do you mean the tricky bit is raising your kid differently, but it still feels weird? Yeah. Or do you mean parenting around a mother when the when the grandmother is Oh, there? that that especially. <laughs> that's like a whole nother episode. No, yeah. but I, I meant trying to do things differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. But you know why it is? It's because your brain and your body is like this circuit of pathways. 
right? I always think back to physics in school. Did you ever have to get those croc? Are they crocodile clips? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had to make like a light bulb work by joining oh, yes. all the yellow and Making green. Making a circuit. Yeah, that's it. So your body and my all of our bodies and brains have been working in a certain way for so long that to go against that is like going against the tide. It's like, do you know, when you stand in the sea and your feet are being pulled one direction and you're trying to walk back in another direction, it's yes. that multiplied by like a million. So the thing I can liken it to in my head is if you grew up in, in, a, in a, uh, a household where there was physical abuse, say it was your dad and your mum, you know, verbally abusing, physically abusing each other. What you're drawn to in a relationship then is that same abuse because that almost feels like home to you. That feels safe to you. So if you then want to go away from that, that's the bit that find, feels difficult. Yeah, I mean, Steph, you are crossing into many, oh, many therapeutic Sorry. realms here. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, our brains will always go for what's safe and familiar rather than perhaps what's helpful. Wow. So the piece about coming maybe from a family where there was a dysfunctional parent relationship, I know that's like a sweeping statement, isn't it? Yeah. Is um your brain will always, oh, there's a great book on this. I can't remember what it's called, but your brain will always go um and try and remedy what you didn't get as a child. So I'm thinking, say, a stereotypical relationship, uh, you know, like I'm a straight female woman so I, I'm married to a man so in my journey of trying to find the right one to marry I went through a couple of duds first because I was trying to work through what my unmet needs from my dad were and does that mean kind of being attracted to people very like your dad and then trying to fix them yeah it can be okay. yeah absolutely or it can just be loads of dysfunctional stuff related to sex and I mean, it's like a slippery slope. Yeah. Not in terms of life, just in terms of for us to cover in a podcast right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. When we're talking about mother stuff. But um, I feel that, yeah, I mean, like this stuff is really, really hard. And the thing is, something I hear a lot is how painful it is when mums say nasty things to their adult children. Mm -hmm. You know, the pain. I think perhaps when you're a child, you know that there's an inappropriateness or things are maybe nasty but you don't really know how much so until you have your own child and then you're like wow how could how could you say that how could you do that like there's a new perspective over it yeah yeah I can see that that makes um sense to me and I think I think I went through a period of time probably in my 20s where I wanted to fix my mum. I wanted to help her. I wanted her to realise, and that kind of never happened. I don't suppose it happens for many people, really. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to a counsellor probably in the last five years and saying, you know, should, should I talk about this with my mum? And they were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible I... waste of time. No, no, no. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I always say to people, well, what is the response you want to get? And has your mum done the inner work to be able to be that person? No. If nope. so, great. <laughs> great, <laughs> rock on. But I've heard so many... It's very sad, isn't it? Because all anybody wants is to be accepted by their mum. Yeah. And it's back to my point I said last week, you know, 
we need to accept our children so they can tolerate themselves. I find there's all this guff out there around, you know, like accept yourself. And I feel that we're very far away from that, really, you know, yeah. all the time. But if yeah. we could tolerate ourselves, if I could be okay with the parts of myself I don't like, that's really different to accepting them. If I can live with them. And I feel that, you know, so many times I've heard in the therapy room, someone's gone back to their mom and said, mom, it really hurts when you does when you do this. You know, it really hurts when you don't listen to my parenting choices. This is and the moms turn around and say terrible things to them, mm-hmm. you know, really, really hurtful things. And it's like. What do you do then? Yeah. I remember one of you, I'm assuming it was in the Calm Parenting Club, you gave an amazing piece of advice to me one Christmas and it was to do with um, having mum back in my home for an extended period of time and like not having to get involved. If that person goes off on that rant or that kind of spiral of nastiness that you don't have to necessarily step into the ring with them, that you can just let them go off on their own and kind of go... Okay, I remember switching. I was we were in the car and I just turned up a Christmas tune. <laughs> that was it. But that was a yeah. great relief to me that I didn't have to get involved. I think in my 40 plus years, I'd always got involved. I'd always stepped into the ring. I'd always tried to fix it. And all of a sudden it was just like, "Oh god, I don't have to." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. And I think it's sitting Oh God, like preparing yourself so you can sit in the uncomfortableness of it. So it's almost the same as with our kids. It's the same thing because here's the thing. Most parents, like I'm talking our age, not our age exactly parents, but not the grandparents, like us as the parents have learned along the way to regulate our mom's emotions at some point you know, through behavior, being good, doing the things Mm. people want to see. And so the opposite of that is the uncomfortableness. It is the awkwardness of like, okay, you're freaking out. Who are you picking a fight with? Oh, yourself. Great. Okay. I'll step back over here, you know, and doing something differently because like you don't have to engage in the ding dong if you don't want to. But I know that can be really hard for a lot of people. Yeah, really hard. And that's the point. I think as our our parents, so the grandparents are getting older, there's a certain, I don't know, do you feel you have to mind them a bit and you can't go down that route and you can't kind of open up all these old wounds and yeah. And then when you're trying to do something different, you do feel a little bit judged. And I've I've heard some people say even that they feel their mother is jealous of them and their child's relationship. Yeah. So this is really common. I was going to speak about this again. I read this in a book. Maybe it's that same book, but probably is. And um, the there's like a real unconscious jealousy that can come because the grand grannies are feeling old. They're feeling past it. They're officially past their child rearing ages naturally. I mean, there is IVF, but, you know, and um, yeah, and it brings up so much you know but I mean I feel now there's so much more openness about our minds mental health toddler Mm. groups and and most women I meet their moms weren't afforded those luxuries no but then the sort of caveat with that is and this is a huge part of work to do in the therapy room you can't accept your mom for who they are 
until you've worked through your anger at loss, anger and loss at what you didn't get. You know, you can't kind of glide over the stuff that you didn't receive to be like, hey, mama, I love you. Come on in. Because you need to work through your hurt. You need to work through your pain because this is now yours. And you don't don't mean with the mum. You mean like in counselling or something? Yeah. I mean, if you feel that you can work through it together, go for it. That's like a family therapy issue. Okay. No. But if you can deal with your hurt and your wounds and take ownership of your bit in it, and that happens not through the forgiveness of the perpetrator of those wounds, like, oh, that's okay. You know, you work through the anger of, well, that wasn't okay, actually. And that wasn't appropriate and you didn't change and you consistently were the same level of whatever with me, you know, but it's like us who take the responsibility. And when we change, people around us change. They change because maybe we're not engaging in the same old Mm. ding dong or they change just because our way of being is different. You know, we're less on edge, less bristly, maybe because we've worked through our hurt and the person who we really wanted to remedy it, they didn't remedy it, but we remedied ourselves. That's really important. That's really important because that, I think that's the power. That's the ability to step back and really sit. Cause it is income. It is uncomfortable in the moment. I say there was huge relief that relief didn't come till afterwards. It wasn't while we were in the car yeah. and I was listening to the, and then, you know, I put the song on, but I was like in my head, I was going, Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Yeah. You know, and then it's afterwards. It's the relief of, okay, that actually went okay. I didn't have to yeah. step into the ring and it went okay. Yeah. And you see in the kind of, Oh Jesus, Oh Jesus. And the Christmas <laughs> tune being on, but that's you regulating yourself. Okay. You know, that is you having the opportunity in this dysfunctional dynamic of like verbal tap from your mom and you're supposed to say the right thing somehow. I don't know. You know, pluck it out of the sky kind of answer. Uh, You just sat with it instead. And that's your internal system feeling like a washing machine. And I'm I'm wondering if you were totally exhausted after that as well, because usually these things are really tiring because it's your DNA changing. It's the relationship changing. And I remember one of the, the, our first episodes, it was coming up to Christmas probably. And um, we were talking about, you know, when you have those members of your family in the house that you're not normally used to, and they start saying something quite controversial, something you wouldn't agree with, that you don't have to step up and say, hey, hang on a second, this is my house, you're not speaking to it, yeah, whatever. You can say, oh, that's really interesting. You know, it it can be, I can't remember any of the other stock phrases, but it was something like that that didn't, it meant that you weren't entering into the space with them. Yeah. Letting them hang themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like, what go. can you do? Yeah, yeah. like if you're going to wax lyrical about something I disagree with, I mean, you have a choice. Do you let the person in your house? Do you suck it up? I mean, and these are kind of like the bigger issues, right? Because I hear a lot of parents saying, you know, I'm not going to let my the grandparents see the grandchild. And that's fine. You know, if that's the way that needs to be. But we have a choice. Well, how do I want you to engage with my kids? What will I tolerate? If you'd like to become a calmer parent and are looking for answers to help your child, then join my online parenting community, the Cam Parenting Club, and get the answers that you're looking for to be the parent and person that you'd like to be. Go to my website, bethanoreardon.com, and I'll see you inside soon. And what about the piece of 
because as you were saying that I was thinking when the kids get older and they start asking about that relationship and whether that's one that they're involved in or not or maybe that's you know you have limited time with one grandparent over another for your own personal reasons how much of that do you then divulge to the child mm, well I always say practice saying something in your head and see how it feels inside because if there's a tiny part of you that's like oh that doesn't feel good then that's not the right thing to say okay but also children see what's happening you know they see like oh you spend less time with this person how come we never see this person and you can just say oh we, we're just not that close okay I, do your kids accept that? I feel like mine would then go, why? Why? <laughs> we just say that's private. Okay. You know, or or you can just say, well, I mean, like, your mum lives in a different country. This is as much as we can see logistically, yeah. which is true as well. Yeah. I wasn't talking about me. <laughs> for once. For once, I wasn't talking about me. But, you know, that whole kind of... Yeah, but I feel that, so, I mean... So be honest, but be honest in an age appropriate way, which is the expression I hate the most in the world. You know, when people are looking for advice and they're like, just do it in an age appropriate way. And it's like, well, what the flip does that mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> could, sorry, could you give me a chart? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, I think also kids can see what grand, so my experience in the therapy room, right? is that for the most part, kids get to a point where they see what grandparents are like. Mm. So they see the behaviors anyway. They see that their granny is quite a cross person. Yeah. They see that granny says like really weird, nasty things sometimes. Or like, you know, I remember that. I mean, this is so funny. I've started a mother's and others playing in a mother playing in a loose sense of the word, but I'm part of a mother's and others team. And I said to my mum, I've joined a mother's and others team. And she went, oh, good for you. <laughs> and my eight-year-old now every now and again says to me, good for you, mum. And he laughs, laughs so much <laughs> because they see it, right? Yeah. They see it. And it was just like an off-the-cuff comment that just fell out. But also these things don't mean someone is all bad. Yeah. Like, this is this is the complexities of life, isn't it? You know, granny can be a really lovely granny to the grandkids as well. Yes, and I can imagine that feeling quite difficult too. You know, so if Granny's so lovely to the to grandchildren, but wasn't so nice to you, it's like oh, yeah. And and this is the and this is where like the work of a parent really is to take on so much. You know, a, a lot of the time, parents are reparenting their parents and reparenting themselves and raising their children simultaneously. Wow. You know, so they can often be showing the grandparents like, oh, hey, there's an easier way of being. You know, I, I remember my mom, she was like, God, you're so more relaxed than I was. And she said, my friends and I all talk about how more relaxed you guys are than we were because I cooked a dinner once for my kids and one of the kids just didn't fancy it. And I said, well, we have a couple of fried eggs and a carrot. And they were like, yeah. And my mom was like, God, I'd have never let you do that. I'd have been like, no, eat your dinner. And then you wouldn't have eaten your dinner. And then you'd have cried till you got sick. And then, you know, yeah. so sometimes they're like, wow, wow, this is really liberating. Yeah. And again, is it because we have more support? Is it? Because... Or like you said, we talk about it more. Yeah. 
you know, and there's less. I mean, my mom sold all of my clothes when I was younger and hand washed my, my shitty nappies. Like, when did you yeah. get time for that? I sort of started my teeth every day <laughs> you know yeah. so I, I yeah there's an and there's a load was different the community aspect was different it's, it's, it's a different world in some ways we're raising our kids in and I do think there's a level of acceptance in us for realizing that too because they had the work options weren't there for our parents necessarily either you know they didn't have the the opportunity to go out and work if they wanted to which you know I'm sure that yeah. made it quite frustrating as well yeah, well, it's like, you know, get get an education, get a job and then become a mum full stop. Yeah. You know, it's a different, but then that also doesn't negate, and this is the complexity, that doesn't negate the, the stuff that didn't feel good. You know, it doesn't like, you know, the bit that I read, oh, that I can't read again because I lost my page. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we can rewind to the start, it's fine. <laughs> You know, but that doesn't negate the like, well, to parent well, your job is to is to be the opposite of any of your child's critical thoughts and feelings, not to feed into them and be the voice of them. Yeah. You know, so if people are finding this stuff hard, if people are finding their own relationship with their mum or through parenting, finding it difficult, would you really say the first stop is counselling to try and work through that? first yeah i think because this stuff is so visceral does that mean it's in the body yeah i think it might do it's I late in the like, afternoon i'm tired yeah. i'm not sure to be honest <laughs> i didn't i got i didn't know if visceral was that or oh no i'm getting up mixed up with viscose that's a fabric yeah visceral visceral like you feel it yeah i mean you know like you feel like you've been stabbed in the heart mm. you know <laughs> like with a cutting comment or a look or a this or a that and i feel any sort of I feel you know when to get support is when you're spilling into your own child's life, right? When you can't be the parent, you want to be around your family or you open your mouth and your mum falls out or you don't have the strength to stand up against your child because you're afraid of them feeling hurt like you felt hurt. Right, okay. Yeah, You know, like, because I meet so many parents that are like, I just can't, I can't use no, I can't follow through on things because I don't want my child to hate me. Or there's a fourth one I'll add, which hopefully doesn't make it massively confusing. But if you feel that you need your child for comfort, this is another thing. Oh, it's like a that's a huge come one. And, yeah, like, come and give mom a hug. Come on, I need a hug right now come on, I need, I need basically in brackets, I need you to regulate me because this relationship, I'm feeling all out of sorts. And you're only feeling out of sorts because you're feeling like you were a child, as a child. So yeah. I feel like room. we need to do an episode on the whole, I can't say no yeah. thing, because I think that has become more and more a thing. And actually it's more and more the stuff I'm getting asked about with oh. young kids with you know toddlers that are ruling the roost or yeah so maybe we'll do a whole episode on kind of boundaries and saying no and being able to stand by that and actually i i think it if you think it's difficult with a toddler try and do it with an 11 year old because it i feel it gets more and more difficult so if you can't establish those boundaries when they're a preschooler oh my God, you're going to hit hit holy hell by the time they're 11. Seriously, I think so. <laughs> but, you know, there have yeah. been a few times this week where I've had to say, sorry, that's just not happening. 
Yeah. And I've had the but 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 you said and da 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 da, da and, you know, and then it de- develops into the gotta hate you. <laughs> I'd be and I've been able to go. That's fine, but we still can't do that thing. Great, just, I'm, I'm okay, delighted. yeah, you know. yeah, and, and I think you're right. I mean, to this this is something that we're talking in the camp parenting club about at the minute. Actually, is how to say no, how to follow through on a no. And that's why the Camp Parenting Club is there as well, because when you say no, there is a huge fallout for the parent generally around how they feel, how they did it. Were they like an asshole when they did it or did they do it with kindness? Were they were they like a gentle authority or were they just a scary authority? And, and, And so it's kind of like everyone needs the support as they ebb and flow through these feelings. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like as the no happens you need support to put yourself back together to prepare yourself for the next one and the next one might be in five minutes time (laughs) if they're a preschooler definitely (laughs) yeah absolutely but this is why like it's not for the child And, and and this is where as well I think most people I speak with realized that their behaviors and the love that they got for them was conditional so when you're good, I love you. When you're not good, I don't love you. And that's really something we want to break. You know, and that, that is- I think that is definitely the part where you start to relive whatever relationship you had with your mother. When you're trying to enforce those boundaries, that's when that stuff starts to come up. Yeah, 100%. So if you can work through that stuff when your child is a toddler, mm. the rest of the nose you just get used to it yeah right and you you can hang out in the uncomfortableness of it because holding on to that boundary is the safest thing you can do okay I think that kind of wraps things up in a nice place and I know you've got a school run um yeah go get the kids and if everyone would like us to perhaps we'll make our next episode about saying no and and staying yeah. with that no and sitting in that no and and I think I think it's a really really useful thing to to work out when they're smaller so that like you said it just gets easier from that point on yeah 100% I was going to say something else but I won't I'll leave it for next time oh we'll you'll see s- you next week cliffhanger guys. goodbye I know <laughs> Bye. Kinderama is a multi-activity program for younger kids. We love to try a bit of everything. Dance, drama, music, yoga, gymnastics, sports and mindfulness all delivered in imaginative classes with original songs, stories, costumes, props and puppets. Kinderama is available in school, in creche or online. Check out kinderama.com for more info.